The book talks about six stages of spiritual growth in a person. And this is not me. This was a study done back in the 70s. This will really help you. Phase one is where people come to some kind of faith. They come to a faith. And let's use Christianity since we're talking about that right now. Come to faith in, in Jesus Christ. Ask Jesus to forgive them of their sins. Sometimes it chases people away from God when it was really just the actions of a man, right? You know, it is, you know, okay, so we decide that our faith rests on this person's actions being right. Yo, 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 it's your girl and boy CT. I'm Cindy Barnes. And I'm Travis Barnes. And we are the founders of the Overcomers Podcast. The Overcomers Podcast is designed to help you overcome adversity and live your dreams. Every week, we will be sharing stories of people who found their strength in their struggle. The Overcomers Podcast is sponsored by Journey 333. And that's a lot of threes, so let me tell you what it is. It's fitness, coaching, and nutrition. It is a place where we help you to look better, live better, and feel better, and it is mind, body, spirit. Today, we're going to help you get your mind right with our special guest. Welcome, everybody, to the Overcomers Podcast, where we help you to overcome adversity and live your dreams. You know, every month, I like to kick off with the 10 forms of wealth, and right at the top of the 10 forms of wealth is that inner spiritual peace, whatever that means to you. It could be talking to your higher self or whatever that case might be. Today, I have a friend, author, business coach leader, entrepreneur, coming to the call, Mike Huey. Mike Huey is the author of Intimacy with God. Uh, He's a business coach. He's working on his next book, which is Recession Proof Your Business. And I'm just so excited for how Mike will share with you how he's overcome adversity and share a bit about his book so that you can work on one of those forms of wealth, that spiritual inner health. Uh, Mike, welcome to the call. Great. Thank you, Travis, for uh, joining me, man. I am really stoked about this uh, podcast, because I think the people, uh, you've got a great, great thing going here, encouraging people, man, there's so much adversity going on right now. You, I mean, shoot, you just look at, uh, uh, look at the news and, and man, you just down, you know, at the time of this recording, a major movie star just died. And, you know, there's so much depression and you've, you've got a great podcast here on helping people say, you know, your past doesn't define your future. So, you know, that's, I'm really excited for you. Yeah, yeah, thank you. And I couldn't imagine a, a better guest to to help uplift us today. I always benefit from your energy when we talk. So so thank you for that. Um, you know, I'm gonna go right to the personal side of things, if you don't mind. Sure, sure. You know, I'd like to start I mean, when right it's now. all said and done, it's all about personal, right? It really is. It really, yeah, it really is. is about relationships and what's real. I feel like you've had to overcome some adversity in your life. And so I was just, maybe if you wouldn't mind sharing, uh, let's start with you becoming a single dad and tell us more yeah. about that. Yeah. So uh, when I was a young guy, I was trying to become a pastor and a chaplain in the military. And uh, cause I, I had some uh, kind of uh, black ops type military training. And I thought, man, I want to be a, I want to be a chaplain. So three years of master's degree, I married my high school sweetheart uh, <clears throat> while I was going to seminary and trying to work on, I, uh, she was just, uh, she was an, was an attractive woman and guys were just flocking all over her. And, you know, she decided in, to end up leaving and having the party lifestyle. And I had a child that's five, seven and nine, and we lived in a different state. I got permission from her to move them to Minnesota to get around my extended family for support. But 
at that point then, you know, I, I said, you, you have everything. You have the car, the house, all that stuff. I'm taking the kids because I just did not want the kids raised in that kind of environment. And so we ended up moving into my parents' basement. You know, I mean, it, it, when, when you're, when you're in your thirties and you got kids and you're living in the basement, man, you have bottomed out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. That's not where you want to be in your thirties. You know, heck when we're in our tween, when we're in our teens, we don't even want to be there. You know, we're just waiting Jeez. for them to get out, but that is a, uh, and then you really took a stand for your family, you know, yeah. based on your own principles. And uh, yeah, that's awesome to hear. And uh, and by doing that, you know, long term, you know, I, I received a compliment from my oldest son uh, a few years ago. And he said, Dad, you know, the ability to for you to overcome and keep optimistic is one of the major traits that I have brought forward into my life. And today he owns a company that has almost 200 employees and he, optimism and overcoming is just such a major thing. So he got to see that firsthand, you know, when he was, uh, uh, what was that about eight, eight years old and see what we did and you just keep moving. Well, just like our podcast logo of Phoenix rising from the ashes, you didn't stay yep. in your parents' basement. No. Uh, you're not without financial obstacles. In fact, I'm sure that that was one of them when you had three yep. kids and a single dad. Uh, you know, tell us a little bit about, you know, some of the financial obstacles yeah, the, you faced and, and, you know, how you've overcome them to get to where you are today. Yeah. The, the, you know, everybody wants to have finances just go a steady, steady line up, 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 up. And it's just not true. It just isn't true. Um, I, I got a job as a single dad in a technology world. I was selling technology, doing really well, left it to join real estate because my dad was uh, highly involved in real estate. And I mean, we had our own radio show. I was a uh, long story short before the 08 crash, man, we had, I had a stock brokerage that, I mean, a uh, real estate brokerage that had 50 agents. I had a company that was acquiring one to two houses a month. I was traveling all over the country speaking. Passive income was just going like crazy. Uh, and in the 08 crash, lost it all. Um, yeah, almost all. I mean, I think I kept one or two rental properties, but that's about it. Um, and and it wasn't because we over leveraged. It was just because I didn't have the management skills and I picked poor partners. So there's one lesson. You, you don't want to have to overcome your own stupidity, you know, and so uh, watch who you hang around. So we had that. And then and then we'd go into a company. And then I, I again would start start back ground zero again. This was my second restart. Right. And uh, came alongside a company, uh, an owner of a company at a unique thing. I he I said, uh, he says, Mike, come along, join me, help turn me into a national company. And so I did that. And I said, you don't have to pay me anything at the start. I just want a piece of the action. If I grow you big, great. If not, we're still friends and you don't owe me any. And so by the time that was done, 10 years, 11 years later, I had grown that company myself uh, from Minnesota all the way to the East Coast, we covered half the U.S. We had, I mean, the company was growing like crazy and um, moved myself into national director of sales, but there was financial mismanagement at that company. And so I ended up leaving because I saw potential lawsuits coming down for financial mismanagement of that president. And so then I walked away from an enormous amount of equity again, and COVID hit two months later. And so um, so that was my third restart. Yeah. Um, now uh, now we, 
we have taken that the concepts that we learned in, in scaling company for the last five years. I've been coaching and consulting companies uh, for two of those years with someone else. And then about two and a half years ago, I launched my own. And, and that, that made all the difference, man. When you own your own business, that is a major financial thing. And now you're in control. You learned your management lessons of the past. You learn financial things, you know, uh, keep, keep uh, storing funds. Don't, don't over leverage or go in debt or in it. My company hasn't owed a penny since we started. And I'm not going to tell you how much we're making, but, but we're doing very, very well uh, getting ready to hire more consultants this next year. That's awesome. That's awesome. You know, you went to the school of hard knocks. It sounds like, you know, you can yeah. learn educationally or you can learn experientially. And yeah. uh, it's like you've had a lot of experience uh, put into the company that you currently own that helps other business owners. Would you say that's true? Yeah, uh, it's it is true. I would say one of the things that uh, I highly uh, recommend people is to continually be learning. Now, um, with all of that said, I I read extensively. In fact, when I I'm a person of prayer, that's why I came up with a book called Intimacy with God. And I remember in my parents' basement, uh, you know, I felt my prayer time. God said, "Hey, don't worry, Mike." There will be a time CEOs and presidents of companies pay you for your opinion. Just keep studying, keep learning, keep growing. Mm -hmm. And so literally, I, I spend about 10% of my time, always have, learning and reading books and going to seminars and conferences. I just, you still learn things that aren't in books, uh, Does that if that makes sense. Oh, so yeah. I, yeah. I don't, I, I really want to encourage your people. One of the biggest ways to overcome is to read and learn from, because I don't know, I would have made so many mistakes had I not read all that stuff, because now I would have made an enormous amount more, but I've learned some stuff, if that makes sense. Really good, really good. I read a quote by Warren Buffett one day that said the greatest investment that we can make is in ourselves, right? And I know that yeah. you're speaking to education right then. Yeah. Um, let me ask you, when it comes to business books, do you yeah. have a favorite business book that you'd recommend? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I wish I could say yes. Uh, it depends on what it is. Like I have some pet sales books that I recommend salespeople reading. Challenger Sale is an example. Some of the classics. I'm a big believer in a lot of the classics. Mm -hmm. um, I, you know, I'm not a big believer in reading all the latest stuff that just came out. Yeah. Um, I, I think some of the best business books are also biographies. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. Titans and um, Sam Walton, you learn a lot about business by reading Sam Walton's autobiography. Uh, right now I'm reading a history book. I'm a former military officer, so I read military uh, strategy and apply that. Uh, for business owners, I would say if you were wanting to, to grow your company, um, there's probably two books I'd recommend. One is is uh, Traction with EOS, you know, uh, that's pretty common across the uh across the country today. What was popular, but it's still extremely valuable, not quite as popular, it's called E-Myth Revisited. Mm -hmm. uh, E-Myth Revisited really helps, help. Uh, E-Myth means entrepreneur myth. Hey, if I go into business myself, I'm going to make all this money. Well, no, you're just bought a, you just bought a job. Yeah. And so he talks about how to scale your company. And we use a lot of those principles uh, in our business and helping other companies grow too. So those are maybe a couple books. Really good, really good. You know, just you being such an avid reader, I know that we're about to talk about your book, Intimacy with God, but I wanted to get a couple of your top recommendations, one on the business level, and then uh, what book has personally inspired you the most, uh, you know, when it comes to your own self-development or your own uh, spiritual walk, either or? Yeah, um, 
uh, let me put spiritual to the side for a second. I, I would say probably one of the books, it's, it's top recommended reading in the uh, Department of Defense called John Boyd, The Fighter Pilot Who Changed the Art of War. Highly recommend it. John mm-hmm. Boyd, nobody knows his name. I say John Boyd, they have no idea who I'm talking about. Greatest strategist America has ever produced. He is the reason why the Gulf War went only 100 days. And it was because Schwarzkopf was told by Powell, you have to go to John Boyd's class on all that stuff. But but John Boyd, he, he has a couple concepts, but the, F-8, F, the fighter pilot planes are because of him. The um, uh, Did you ever see Top Gun? Do you remember who yeah, Top Gun? Sure, okay. Sure. Do you remember how the there there's uh, students, but then there's this trainer who nobody can last like thirty seconds with the guy out in the air. Do you remember that? Oh yeah. That, that's taken from John Boyd. John Boyd was forty second. John Boyd. He was the one who documented how fighter pilots work, and nobody could stay in the air with them more than forty forty uh, seconds. And so he did, he changed the art of uh, that. He did strategy all. That, but the whole point of the whole book. The whole point of the whole book, if you date it, he had a terrible family life, didn't take care of his family. I'll, there's, it's positive. But one of the things is he keeps saying, you can either do something or you can work for a big name. And so a lot of times he never became general because he didn't care about making a name. He cared about doing things that were going to impact things. And so that's a that's a great takeaway that fame is not as nearly as important as doing what you is in your heart that you you really feel you gotta you gotta accomplish in your lifetime. That's that's in one sense the takeaway of that that's an inspirational book. You'll love it. That's really good. That's really good. So now let's talk a little bit about your book. What can sure. you tell us about intimacy with God and what you hope yeah. you know your inspiration for writing it, uh what you hope sure. you will get out of it. Yeah, no, thank you. Thanks for very kind of you. Uh, intimacy with God is really divided into two things. I have a master's degree in New Testament theology. And so I um, uh, have also been an avid follower of, of Jesus Christ since I was five years old. So um, had things to overcome. I haven't been a perfect person. You can just ask my kids. They'll tell you that. Um, but the point is that I've always been trying to follow Jesus. That's been my spiritual uh, journey that I've walked. So I'm at a point where I'm pushing 60. I have a lot of background. I have a lot of experience. And I thought I'm going to start sharing because there's some stuff in there. Um, Because so many people just follow their spiritual life based on like church or synagogue traditions. And I really try to talk about that God really does want to have an intimate relationship with us. And so the first half of that book is just a lot of tools on having some intimate relationship with them. It doesn't go into some of the other thing, if you if you go to Amazon, you'll read a couple of the negative. I have a couple negative uh, reviews, and they're always uh, complaining about what's not in the book versus what is. So I just want to encourage you. What's in the book is some tools to really help build your intimacy with God. It compares Christianity to the other world religions that I studied. It com- it talks about the stability of Scripture and how to study and how to pray and how to hear God's voice. All that. That's the first half. Then the second half is, it's called Intimacy with God, Change You, Change Your World. So the first half changes you. The second half changes your world. How do you now help impact your marketplace, your family, your neighborhood? You know, what are the things you can do? And there's some great inspirational stories written from other people on just divine, miraculous healing, um, all kinds of different stuff in there that's happened that, you know, God has helped use me to help impact my world. 
And so that's in a nutshell what that book's all about. It's on Amazon. Uh, I'm not here to sell the book. 100% of all that, the proceeds from that book go to a special project uh, that we're working on in uh, Chad, Africa, which is kind of a closed country to us. And so we're, we're really trying to help make an impact in another country. So literally every penny that comes in goes to that project. Well, I'm going to give myself as a candidate for your book because I've had some issues with uh, structured religion, but I'm seeking intimacy with God. Um, I won't make this podcast about me. I'll just say no, that it's fine if it is because you and I are <laughs> friends. You and I, you know, we're just transparent with each other, right? Anything couple we of, can do. A couple of guys having a conversation, you know. That's all it is. You know, uh, this podcast was uh, founded by somebody that overcame a decade of incarceration to start. Yeah. A company. I would not have started my company if I wasn't hired by a, a very Christian man that decided to let me go at Christmas time while I was living in a FEMA trailer. Then yeah. we then we join a church and we go on a missions trip with them and we decide that we're going back and get called into the pastor's office and the pastor says, hey, we don't want to be associated with your fundraiser because you had dancing and games of chance and uh, uh, drinking, you know. Yeah. We served wine and we had a Chinese auction, you know, but again, yeah. you know, just kind of let down in this structured religion. And and yeah. uh, most recently, uh, we were involved in a church. And I was, I'll say that that pastor was like a best friend to me. Um, yeah. However, you know, we were intertwining uh, the business of our franchise. And he had done some work for us because we thought that that would be helpful to the church to use his resources and, you know, compensate and help the church. And uh, wound up being that he actually opened up a competing business of the same kind <laughs> against us. Wow. So. So we left that church. So what I'd like to say to you, I'm presenting on this podcast show today, sure. is that I feel that God has divinely interceded in my life many times and that I yeah. wouldn't be alive today without his divine intervention. Our business would not be what it is today without knowing that he's had his hand and blessing on it. However, what if you are someone like me and you're listening yeah. today and you're like, Man, I've been let down by organized religion. Maybe you were part oh, yeah. of some, you know, there's other religions out there. You know, sure. of course, you know, the Catholic Church went through sure. its time and all kinds of, and I feel yep. like sometimes it chases people away from God when it was really just the actions of a man, right? You yeah. know, it is, you know, yeah. okay, so we decide that our faith rests on this person's actions being right. And, and you know, hey, they're fallible human beings, right, that we're, we're trying yep. to trust in. So what I'm going to ask you now as a candidate for somebody that can be blessed by your book is sure. how can that help somebody like myself that's been let down yeah. by organized religion to find a way to yep. be intimate with God? Oh, that's a great, great question. I have a whole chapter devoted to the disappointments that we yeah. have from church leaders, from people around us, and sometimes from God himself. Like, you know, I, I have a friend, you know, they prayed for their seven-year-old daughter to be healed wasn't healed and and she literally died in my arms you know and so you know we have those disappointments in life that that are real yeah they are real and you go to some pastors and they try to gloss it over with some kind of uh, uh soundbite answer and that you know just pain is just much more deep than that mm -hmm. and so uh i i try to encourage people just like um uh, 
Uh, Travis, do you have any children? I do. I okay. Do. How old are your children? I have one daughter and uh, she's uh, 21 years old and okay. I have a grandson now that's like a child uh, to oh, me he's with me full time. So he's good. Uh, good. Yeah. So there have been times that your daughter experienced some real disappointments, friends, whatever, you know, uh, school teachers, whatever. Doesn't mean that you didn't love her any more or any less. Mm-hmm. And so the the struggle is sometimes we we um, assign disappointment to God because of I think one of the most damaging theologies that have come down in church history that's now a tradition, and that is that God controls absolutely everything. I think He is omniscient. I think He is uh, you know uh, sovereign, all that stuff. However. Uh, he's asked us to manage the world. He says, you go manage the world, right? And you go, that's out of Genesis, stuff like that. He says, you pray, and then I'll answer, right? If we don't pray, he doesn't answer. So there is this collaboration between humans and God in the managing of this planet, of of extending. And unfortunately, when we have a disappointment, 99% of the time, we assign it to God, but it's really, we had disappointed ourselves. We somebody else disappointed us. You know, if you look at my story that I shared with you, you know, uh, somebody could have said, "Well, Mike, when you when your wife left you, man, weren't you mad at God?" And I was like, "What? God didn't God didn't uh, abandon me. My wife did. You know, God didn't betray me. My wife did." And Mm -hmm. so, a lot of times, we just have to allocate that. Yes, there is there is disease in the world. There is death in the world. There is um, disappointments. With, with things and and god walks through that with us so mm-hmm. here's here's one thing it's not in the book this is a bonus can i give you a bonus yeah let's go <laughs> i think most people know psalms 23 mm-hmm. okay and it talks about the lord's my shepherd and i shall not want and he is all the stuff but then it says very, very interesting he says Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, right? So I could go through death. I could go through disaster. I could go through financial disappointment, all that stuff. And if you read that Psalms 23 again, and whether you're a Christian or not, most people have at least heard Psalms 23. After you go through the valley of the shadow of death, watch how they talk about God after that. It's no longer the Lord is my shepherd. It's no longer he will. It's now you will. You will do this. You will do this. You will hold my hand. You, you know, and so um, it is a lot of times going through the shadow of of darkness that we really find out who God really is. Mm-hmm. Just like our own kids, man. If everything's hunky dory, man, they don't appreciate us. Mm-hmm. But it's when the all of a sudden I didn't make the football team, or I didn't, you know, this this kids cyberbullying me or whatever those issues are that's when we find out our parents love for us mm-hmm. that we care about them even when other people don't even when we're disappointed so there's a little bit of thing and the other uh, you know so hopefully how, how, how does that respond oh yeah that, no, that, you know what does that resonate with you travis or what's your that, thought? that's really good that's really good and of course you know making sure that you know we we assign <laughs> the right things to god you know that yeah. we don't you know, that we don't wrongly assign, you know, certain outcomes in our life. And the the question, too, that I would have as a follow-up is, let's say that you're walking around with your tank empty, because maybe at one time in your life, you were part of an organized religion, and, you know, yeah. 
it felt good to go to church on Sundays, get a word, you know, try to have a few practices throughout the week. And maybe that's uh, maybe that's something you don't have in your life anymore for one reason yeah. or another. Heck, maybe yeah. you work on Sundays. <laughs> you know, I mean, there's yeah. all kinds of well, different COVID is COVID's <laughs> knocked a lot of people out of attending. They're, I was just talking with people. They're, they're like, okay, now I'm a Zoom church yeah, follower right? or I'm a YouTube church follower. Yeah. What yeah, do you recommend? What what practices do you recommend if somebody's like, you know, I'd like to like to have a relationship or I'd like to have this intimacy with God that this book talks about? You know, what are what are some of the practices that you recommend for people to start to develop that? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh in the book, I do talk my view. People can disagree with it, but my view is that intimacy with God starts with Jesus Christ. And uh, that's that's the starting point. Uh if the the Scripture says, if you don't have Christ, you you don't have the Father. I mean, they're they're the same. I go into uh, Islam and and Buddhism and Hinduism and all this different stuff, showing that He is really unique. But nevertheless, um, I, I would say first, uh, the early church when the Bible was started was not a mega church with a you know hundred square foot building. It was people meeting in each other's homes. And I really want to encourage you to at least meet with somebody and connect with people and just open open the, the Bible to, if you're not familiar with anything, maybe John, maybe Mark, something like that, or maybe what's called uh, Galatians or something like that, just simple a book and just literally say, God, I don't know what the hell I'm doing, but I think you're out there. Would you show yourself to me? And if God's really God, he'll do that. You know, he, he, he really will. And just open, open to maybe Mark or open to, to John and just say, I'm going to read a couple of these verses, maybe with somebody, you know, uh, shoot, there's even people that do it over cigars or over a beer, you know, I mean, that just blows some church people. I don't care. As long as you're connecting with people somewhere gets started. That's what I'm saying. Forget about all this church laws and rules to get started. The thing is to get started. Open that up. Say, hey, I don't know. This is this is talking about how Jesus was. Uh, John one talks about how Jesus was with us from creation. Well, what do you think about that? And just start talking, and just close your eyes sometimes, and just say, God, can you tell me what in the world this is talking about? And honestly, I know it sounds really too fundamental, but that's it. Mm-hmm. That's it. You yeah. know, um, when the early church had letters written to them by these biblical writers a lot of these churches they didn't have the whole bible they get one little book and they would just think on that meditate on it and listen to it over and over and memorize it and all that stuff um and so that's that's a part if i can take uh, 30 more seconds i don't want to oh, monologue do. too please long do. this is very good so uh, yeah. two things so far overcomer nation if you're listening in uh, if you're interested in having intimacy with God, it's going to the word and it's meeting with people and it doesn't have to be organized like, uh, like you know, when you think about the big churches, it could just be meet with somebody yep. in your home <laughs> or as Mike yep. just said, you know, whatever suits you, if it's over a cigar, whatever. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, you get to the point, well, you know, um, oh man, it could go so many directions. The book talks about six stages of spiritual growth in a person. And this is not me. This was a study done back in the 70s. This will really help you. Maybe this will help. Um, phase one is where people come to some kind of faith. 
they come to a faith, and let's use Christianity since we're talking about that right now, come to faith in, in Jesus Christ, ask Jesus to forgive them of their sins. They want a new start. And doesn't mean they're not going to struggle, but they, they, the sins are, are forgiven. It's over. They don't have to work at it like they do if they're a Buddhist or a Hindu. Stage two is you learn the fundamentals of whatever that faith is. You know, if you're a Catholic church, you're going through the Catholic classes. If you're a Lutheran or whatever that is, Baptist, whatever. Stage three is when you're actually now teaching those new converts or you're teaching those principles. The struggle mm -hmm. is that the organized church uh, ends at stage three. It really is not set up for how to move past stage three. Stage four, what always happens is when we start experiencing life that does not sync with these trite soundbite solutions that we heard in stage two and three in our church life. My daughter's sick. You know, all that kind of stuff. Do you follow me? How, now, what do I do? And, and, and we, we have these trite phrases like, well, just believe in God, no problem. And, and there's, it needs to be more than that. Stage, when you go through that, then you really, it's called, it's almost like um, restructuring your faith or, or re-going back and say, okay, what do I really believe? What's real? And that's when people stop leaving all the church dogma and they go back to scripture and say, Okay, what does the Bible really say about this? Stage five, then, is intimacy with God. Now, it's, our intimacy is not built on what we learned in Sunday school or what we learned in some class. It's really built on our relationship. And then stage six is really how do we operate like the disciples did in the New Testament in our world? How do we have prophetic words or lay, having people get healed or doing stuff where we're actually God's instrument in our world, whatever that is, that's stage six. So I don't know if that helps you a, a little bit too, but, um, you know. That definitely helps. What would you say out there to, because I think that sometimes when it comes to forming a relationship with anybody, you yeah. know, you and I forming a relationship together, we're developing a friendship at first or, or let's just say that, you know, you got out there on the dating scene, you know, everybody's, everybody's a skeptic at first, like, ah, you know, sure. can I trust this guy? Is he all right? You know, whatever the case might be. Sure. Um, what do you say to the people since one of the steps, there was two steps, it was getting with a, a, a group or, you know, a mentor, somebody that could even, you know, read that yep. word. You, and yep. it was reading the word. What do you say to people, you know, being the scholar that you are? about how they can trust that word to be God's word? Yeah, that's a great question. Because um, if you're going to be intimate in with book, somebody, you want to know you, that you're... I'll tell you in the no. book. I, I wish I, I have a copy of the book, but I have to step away from the camera for a second. Uh, chapter two, it really talks about, there is a science behind how reliable are ancient documents. Um, I won't get too detailed into it. But in the book, I compare things that we actually recognize today as being valid. Some of the ancient Greek uh, books, uh, Caesar's War, all, uh, different stuff like that. And uh, what have we read? And, and they're being taught in colleges. And, and the way we look at that is two things. From the most, from when the event happened, what's the time gap between when we think the earliest uh, writer wrote about it and the earliest manuscript we still have today in our universities or in our archives? That's and this, time is for, this is for anything, right? Rather we're anything. About it doesn't matter. In any part of Greek, history. Yep. Greek stuff. I'm going to grab a, a book so I can tell you specifically. Um, 
and it, we're talking like um uh so so if somebody wrote a a uh, a manuscript and the original is the earliest version we have is like 900 years after the original there's there's possibility that it's been corrupted you know so a couple of the things that i i compare in here is the writings of uh lily's roman history uh livy's l-i-v-y mm -hmm. uh caesar gallic war um and there's a couple others in here that you'd recognize and then so one what's the time gap mm -hmm. and then secondly how many copies do we currently have okay okay so if you have a lot of copies that validates okay this is probably pretty accurate you know mm -hmm. for because uh, they were all handwritten copies you know when they're right so caesar's gallic war we we have you could go to amazon you can get that it's being taught in the colleges there is a 950 year gap between when it was first written and the earliest manuscript we have and there's only 10 copies that we have things like that a ro uh the roman historian uh tacticus a thousand year gap 20 copies when you come to the new testament though you're talking a gap of between 30 to 300 years mm -hmm. and we have over 10,000 copies available so I, that's a study that's not a church study it's how people study uh, ancient manuscripts, how reliable is it? Scripture is one of the most reliable ancient manuscripts that we have. And so you can trust in that from that kind of scientific perspective. If that's what, it, maybe I'm not answering a question you're not oh, asking. A, that is a great answer. That's a great answer. I didn't even realize that, you know, here we are learning about history, you mm -hmm. know, history of Rome or whatever the case might be. And, you know, we have documents that are closer to the event of when jesus christ was alive than we do uh the history that we're counting on being taught in college i, I think yeah. that's a very valid yeah. point well let me ask you this how is the the letters in the new testament or the books in the new testament how are they um automatically categorized as historical documents as well like i guess when mm. i if you understand what yeah, I'm saying, I totally uh, get it. So, yeah, yeah. So, what happened was, um, certainly, people are people, humans are humans, mm -hmm. and so there was a lot of books uh, out there that were. It's called canonization, but it's basically which books do we think are part of the Bible and which ones aren't. I think that's what you're asking, and how reliable is it? Mm -hmm. um, and so there were a, there was um, around 300 AD. There were a lot of scholars who were trying to say which which of these do we absolutely know Paul wrote or James wrote or some of those authors. Which ones are being claimed as being written by that pseudonym names? but we don't have validation that they really are from the person. And so that was a major thought of, of figuring out which of the books we're going to have, quote, in our Bible, if I can use that. Mm -hmm. um, so they wanted to validate, and they wanted to validate the proof of those letters. What's been the fruit of it over the last 200 years? Mm -hmm. Has it really helped people? Has it caused confusion? Has it really, you know, the church really valued from it? If we're talking about uh, the book of Galatians, 
how did it help the, the church in Galatia? Did it really help them or, or you know, was it wh- whatever? So those were two, I'm, I'm really simplifying things for a podcast, but those were two of the major things that people were considering when they're saying, which, which books do we have and which books are just kind of like, because a lot, there was a lot of spirituality. There's always spirituality books, right? I'm sure. 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 You go to Amazon today, you, people are constantly writing. So those are, those are two of the factors yeah. that so they considered. Essentially, essentially, we have some fact checkers that are, are like, okay, you know, what are the ones that are the most reliable? And these are the ones that are going to make it in. And uh, let me ask you about some of the authors, you know, because the Bible yeah. is 66 books. Sure. When it, I mean, were these you know, you're talking about Paul and, and Paul yeah. many times was writing letters, right? And sometimes, yeah. sometimes from a prison cell or, you know, someplace yeah. else, right? Um, yeah. Now, when it comes to the truth of these letters, um, how many, how many of the authors of these letters um, did they have to uh, really kind of, they came under fire, for what they were, what they were saying and what they were believing, am I right? Uh, I mean, like, uh, they were overcomers, my friend. They were overcomers. <laughs> okay, right. I mean, I mean, like out of somebody... all the out of all the authors, I mean, this is another validation of why I I say, you know, when I look at people, the older I get, the more I become less um, trusting of people because people have ulterior motives, right? right? Mm-hmm. And one of the validations to the message of Christ is the people that followed him. I mean, here you have hundreds and not just hundreds, literally thousands of people being willing to be thrown in the Roman Colosseum for what they saw when Jesus showed up after the raising from the dead. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, it's just mind boggling. And, and 20, 30 years later, they still are so adamant about it. They're willing to be killed for it. That's just not a, a, a fiction or, you know, if I wrote a good book, man, I think this is a good book, but I'm not willing to die for the book. Right. I mean, it's, it's just my, I wrote it up. I made it up. I, you know, I didn't, you know, I just, it's my creation. Right. But when, when, um, so that's part of it. Out of all the writers in the New Testament, there's only one that was not uh, martyred mm-hmm. for their faith. Only one. And he was definitely persecuted. You know, he writes it from uh, the, in the book of uh, Revelations. He's actually writing it from an island prison in the Roman Empire. You know, so everybody suffered. Everybody has suffered. But they were all overcomers. Yeah. They were all overcomers. And uh, even if you just wrote, read uh Galatians, Ephesians, some of these books, and you're like, I'm not sure about this Jesus thing. Just read it and you're like, wow, it is a message of hope. It's a message of of restoration. It's a message of I don't have to live in the crap of my background and my history and whatever either I did or people told me about I did. I can have a new start. I mean, that message is so clear in it. Um yeah. And so, these are written by people who needed to overcome. So good. You know, it's uh, it's just a, an important line of questions for me to ask you because, well, I think that that's the common go-to, right? It's okay for us to trust history when the closest document that we have to the time of these events might be 900 years different. It's, uh, it's an easy, it's a gimme, yet nobody 
who wrote that document was threatened with death <laughs> to renounce right. it. Right, exactly. You know, you know? And, exactly. and then we're like, oh, well, I can't trust that. You know, that's a book of fiction or something. However, we have a document written closer to the time. And uh, there were many people that would not have been put to the death if they would have only been willing to say that it was a, a book of fiction. Yeah, yeah, very, very true. Very true. That's, that's interesting to me because seeking intimacy, you want to be able to trust, uh, you know, these forms of intimacy, any, any one that you were going to have a relationship with, you want to be able to, you know, yeah. trust that relationship. Yeah. So I, thanks for answering those tough questions today, because yeah. uh, people want to know if that's the yeah. process. <laughs> well, tell yeah. me, how do I trust this book? And, uh, and, you know, what's my process? And I like the fact that uh, yeah. you're encouraging people, it doesn't have to be something structured. Uh, sometimes, you know, you can fall under the you can fall under certain organized religion to where there's a lot of fire and brimstone and condemnation and you're not feeling comfortable, but, uh, you know, yep. intimacy, you just made it really easy for us. And I think yeah. that I, thanks. Yeah. For writing well, I, it, it's my pleasure. I, I think, um, I think one of the aspects, you know, the, the book does have a lot of really practical tools on building your relationship. But I, I do want to encourage us, as it sounds to me like we might be wrapping up pretty soon here. Uh, I just want to encourage people out there. I mean, literally, uh, one, God, God doesn't just love you. He likes you. Mm -hmm. I mean, he designed you. He created you. He knew you when you're in the womb. In fact, in the book, there is doc, doctoral um, prenatal pictures of, of God healing a child in the womb. It is mind-boggling it's in the it's in the book uh that we we prayed for this lady and that another story but all that to say is god likes you he cares about you he's when you cry he cries you mm -hmm. know when you're struggling he's like man just lean to me i want to be a strength i want to be a refuge for you um because the reality is you as listeners i want to encourage you you really are smarter than you think you are you have more faith than you feel you have you have more strength than you feel in your body at this point, you know, because God really does want you to overcome. He wants you to go to the next level. He's put dreams and aspirations in your heart. And, and they're not just kind of like kind of, oh, well, maybe kind of it was developed in me. No, I'm saying God has a plan and a purpose for you, and he's put it in your heart. And I want to encourage you to go for it. Go for it. Go for it. And if you get tripped, Go for it again. Pick yourself up. And if you can't pick yourself up, find somebody else to help pick yourself up. Go to a study and say, I'm I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go for this thing. Wow. That was amazing, Mike Huey. <laughs> that was amazing. I thank you for those words. Where can uh where's the best place for people to get the book? Yeah, I'll I'll uh, send you an e email. It it is Intimacy with God by Mike Huey on Amazon. Uh, that's where you can find it. It's only thirteen dollars, and again, all the all the profits, uh, and not just profits, all the revenue we get from it just goes to a a project uh, to help a, a an area in Chad, Central Africa. Uh, in the show notes, you know, if you put your show notes out, I think I'll I've got a link there for people to go there. They can check that. But uh, you know, if if they're if you're wanting uh, a speaker for either a church or a men's event or in a business environment, you know, I speak at a lot of men's uh, conferences. I speak at business conferences. A lot of churches have me come out. Um, you can also go to MikeHuey.com, M-I-K-E-H-U-E-Y.com, and you'll see a little bit about me. It's uh, 
it's not my business one. It's just kind of my my uh, my fun speaking website, but it, it has everything you need to be able to kind of get a grasp there. That would be another way to uh, contact me. And there's uh, social links on there for any uh, yeah. social platforms yeah. part of. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So good. So well, Mike, thank you so much for being on this show today. Yeah, thank you. It's been my pleasure. I've really enjoyed staying connected with you, Travis. I think you've got a great mission. You got a great podcast, and I'm positive you've got great listeners because they're overcomers. Ah, thank you so much. Thanks for listening, Overcomer Nation. Make sure if you haven't already, give us a five-star rating. Make sure that you share this and subscribe so you can see all of our future content. That's right. And if you'd like to be a guest on a future show, go to overcomers-podcast.com. If you're interested in our franchise opportunities with Journey 333, then go to www.journeyfitness333.com. And finally, if you like what you heard today and you feel like you're somebody that needs a bit more coaching, go to travisbarnes.com. Yeah!